there is no space. There's only now and you when you do that. That is to, to acknowledge your true state of being. You are eternal and you are not this body. Hi everyone, I'm Lucas Mack and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. You heard it, we have the very powerful Godana Burnett back on the episode, back on the show today and we get into some incredibly profound content that I know is going to help you walk in freedom, walk in emotional power, walk in your purpose as we talk about past, present, future, love, fear, and the story that you tell yourself. We talk about quantum physics. I mean, we get into a lot of different topics and I am so excited to bring you this episode with the one and only Gordana Burnett. You are the joy going through that body. That's the thing. It's to recognize yourself your true self in all of these things, to recognize your power, to release what is not you. Oh, it's mind-boggling. I've been going through this my whole life, and I encounter new obstacles all oh, the time. But, you know, I, I had a tweet the other day. I don't know. Are we recording? We are recording. I just started. Yeah, but we can, whatever. Okay. Go, go just. Yeah, we go. We just go on. Anyways, yeah. I, I posted a tweet uh, just, I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before that, where we talk about this, where I talk about this, where I say that time is a spiritual learning tool, mm. which means that things stay until you no longer need them. Relationships last until you've explored what you need to explore. Obstacles keep popping up until you've learned what you came here to learn. And you stay until you know what you need to know. And that's it. That is what time is. It doesn't do anything. So if we go back, I mean, time as a spiritual learning tool, which means that as long as you're breathing, your heart is beating, you are learning, which means that you cannot be perfect. You are learning while you are in time and space. And the second thing, that things stay until you no longer need them. Well, this is the thing. Things come and go. You remain. Hmm. That's the only thing we need. These things, we, we were just exploring them, but they will come and go. You will remain. That's the truth in that. And the relationships that they last until you've explored what you need to explore. Well, relationships are not supposed to be managed. They're supposed to be explored so that you will learn what, what you need to learn about yourself. And a relationship with someone gives you an opportunity to explore a broader perspective of this reality because you're tuned into another perspective of this reality. That's all it is. When the perspective is no longer serving you, you close that and go over to something else to explore. So that is what the relationships are here for. The obstacles also, they are like tasks here. You're supposed to look at it and figure it out and then release hmm. it's it's supposed to be fun That's so i mean <laughs> and the, you stay oh. until you know what you need to know when you're done here you leave hmm. and that's it you leave, which means that this stays here but you go somewhere else you are still the the constant you stay 
the way you are, but you leave this place in order to learn new things you want to learn in another setting. That's what it is. It's really very simple when you look at it this way. So when you get very attached to your past or your mm. future, that is when you cannot explore this reality the way it was supposed to be explored in the now moment here. To know that you are eternal and that the now moment is the only thing that really actually do exist. So oh, it's it's that is so <laughs> powerful. Your tweet. I saw. I saw that tweet. I um. Yeah. Um. I uh, saw that tweet. I feel like every tweet that I have seen of yours has been in complete step with everything. I every day. I'm like, oh, I needed to hear that exact thing, and I. Yes. And for everyone listening, if you are not following Gordana on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, you are missing a huge component of joy in your life and wisdom and beauty and love and serenity. It's such a beauty. I just thank you for writing what you write. That that tweet, I was like, oh, obstacles yeah. are just just to learn just uh yes everything is here for you to learn and the beauty of forgiveness because we were talking about forgiving um why forgiveness is such a beautiful thing is because it creates a very very specific frequency in the now moment and it's mm. it becomes holy the now moment becomes holy because when you forgive you change the past and you also change the future that is where the power is. So when you forgive, you go back into the past, you release energetic, spiritual, karmic bonds, which is a huge thing to do. And this is why you need to forgive and to use the past the way it was supposed to be used. It's supposed to, it's supposed to make your life here on earth exciting and not perfect because when it's perfect it's not exciting human beings want want things to be not perfect because we want to explore it when it's not perfect when it's perfect it's just it's just there it's not as fun so you need an imperfect past in order to explore this reality the way you're supposed to explore it as a spirit in a body right. so when you have these these memories and the experiences that are, might not be as fun and good and nice, then you can go back and release that pain in the now moment. Right. To because you've had them, they, they've they've formed you, they've molded you. You've had the experience, so releasing it will help you to become who you truly are in the now moment. Mm -hmm. That is why forgiveness is holy. It really yes. is a you create a holy space around you in time when you forgive that is so powerful i i was just teaching at the latest men's retreat that forgiveness does not mean accepting the actions yes. of another it yes. means loving as if it never happened loving mm -hmm. them as if it never happened in hebrew the word love is ahava which means to give so forgive means to give them love mm -hmm. as if it never happened and mm -hmm which is a beautiful thing. I just, I forgive 
as if it never happened. And I still know you <laughs> as you, mm. and then I can choose whether we can be, but I don't hold mm. anything against you. I don't harbor mm. an attachment to that. I'm not mm. anchored to your actions. I forgive as if it's never happened. And I bless you to go on your way. <laughs> to get, thank but you for that. Lucas, don't you find it hard to love someone who has hurt you? Because it took a long time for me to get around that one. And I'm talking about my father. I, had, hmm. I don't know if, if love is the right word. I know hmm. we use it here as... as um, a way of forgiving, but I don't know if that is the right word. For me, love is really hard when it comes to my father, but yes. I can feel compassion. And compassion is a different thing for me. Mm. When I say I love someone, I would say I love my son, and that feels good when I say it. But I couldn't say something like that about my father because that means that I have a relationship that is loving towards him and I don't but I do feel compassion when I look at it and I see a way for me to feel compassion is to say that if he had known better he would have done better so it means that he did his best which means that I can I can release myself from hatred because I know that he did his best hmm. that doesn't mean I have to love him but I can still feel compassion for him and that's, that's a different thing I think compassion is a higher frequency than love, actually. Truly, I do. That is, that is um, first of all, I, I love you and I thank you. And I do love <laughs> you. I, that, that I is, love you too. <laughs> oh, I think that is loving to show compassion in a weird way. I think one of the things I've, one of the things I've learned on my path is we can be uh, loving, but not love every person. And there's not, a, yes. and I don't think those are contradicting. I mean, you showing compassion is showing love, is loving him, mm. but it's not the same investment in him as it yes. is your son. Completely mm. logical because those relationships aren't equal. They're not the same. And, and mm. I've also learned that I can be trusting, but I don't, not everyone's worthy of my trust. And I can be loving. Not everyone's mm. worthy of my yes in them. But I would say you yes. be showing compassion, which I do think is the highest. It's and when I say compassionate, what I say in podcasts that I've been saying lately, I said at the men's retreat. If I grew up in your shoes, would I be any different than you? And if you grew up in my shoes, if I grew up in your dad's shoes, when I if I grew up in my dad's shoes, would I be any different than him? No, I can't say that about anyone. All I can say is. They are on their path. We've encountered each other. And then I bless you to continue down your path. And we mm -hmm. shall not, <laughs> our paths shall not yes. intertwine any longer. And that, I, I really do think you saying, finding compassion is love. It's not that we have to, because if it's, if it means anything other than just finding compassion, that's how the word love becomes a weapon. Well, do you love them? Mm -hmm. Well, what is what do you mean? Just submit back under that authority, that manipulation, that abuse, that control, that power structure. Mm -hmm. That's not love even of myself. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly not loving them because if I acknowledge if I submitted back under that power structure, I wouldn't be able to mirror to them their unhealthy behavior. 
And so me loving them is to separate and say, your behavior is completely antithetical mm-hmm. to love. Therefore, I love mm-hmm. you enough to show you that it is. That, that's how I look yes, at it absolutely. versus like, yes, because I know what you mean. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a transgression against our own soul to, to get back in that, yes. that place. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Sometimes love is to say no. That's right. Really, sometimes love is to say no. It might be on a spiritual level. I know that for, um, by experience with my father, I know that saying no to him, he wouldn't be able to get the experience that he came here to get unless mm-hmm. I would have said no. Uh, mm-hmm. We would just be perpetuating each other's uh, bad sides in this reality if one of us didn't say no. And I said no. I don't want this anymore. This ends with me. I'm not going to allow this through me into this world anymore. Even if it means to say no to my father and say, no, I'm not going on this path anymore with you. And that might feel like, okay, so you have a problem. I don't. I actually don't. I just have set a boundary, which is a healthy boundary. And I don't need to go beyond that boundary. I can forgive. I can have compassion. But I do this in my own. I do not need to go over that boundary again. Because when I do that, I go back in patterns which were ingrained in me when I was a child. And I'm reinforcing that behavior again. Mm-hmm. And that's not to help that person. That is right. actually to make it worse for them. Right, right. It's words. Words have been weaponized. And... Mm-hmm. These words, forgiveness, love, relationship, yes. child, parent, um, family, mm-hmm. uh, um, all friends, all these mm-hmm. words have become weaponized. And I think the reality is, like we talked about, first of all, our podcast that we've done together, part one, two, this, mm-hmm. this will be three and four. Who knows how many be people Mm. I've gotten, I've never gotten more positive feedback than our conversations. And mm-hmm. one of the, okay. one of the things that people talked about, you, you know, we talked about if it's true, you can breathe more deeply. You can, yes, oh, yes. that is the mm-hmm. only barometer, thermometer uh, gauge that yes. we need to live by. Yes. If yes. we can breathe more deeply and expansive, then yes. we know that this is the right thing. But anything mm-hmm. that constricts, and that's when these words become weaponized. What do you forget? What What do you What yeah. do you actually mean? Do you want me to absolve yes. them of their their criminal behavior? I mm-hmm. will not. Mm-hmm. However, I will forgive them as if it never happened. I don't hold. Them. I'm not going out to indict them. I'm not going after them, that is the greatest love I can Mm. show that person is not to go after that person. And that Mm. truly is loving. It's, it's Mm. like the parent, these parents that their child's killed by, by someone. Then you hear this mother like forgives their, it's like, Whoa, she's saying, Mm. she's not saying don't convict this person. She's not saying don't go to prison. She's not saying don't have the sentence on your life that the judge gives just simply saying go on your way i don't hold that account Mm. against you any longer and it's no different in a court of law versus the universal law that we live under and this is what i want people to Mm. know this is why i'm so glad it was funny i was setting 
the intentions for our conversation. And I just wanted, I was like, I just want to get into the depths of love with you. Like, what is this love? What? And here we are talking about all these components and facets in this big dance. And when fear mm. takes on the name love, that is the greatest abuse of mankind. It, it really is. And that's what I think we're saying or, or experiencing from these people. Yes, absolutely. And you, you talk about words weaponized. Every time you hear you should have or would have or could have, this will not allow you to breathe. It doesn't matter what you should have, could have, would have. What matters is what you do with it in the now moment. That's it. That's the only thing that matters. Yes. So that kind of words is actually like shooting exactly the way you describe it. It's yes. like shooting at you and you go, you have to dodge them. That is, will not allow you to breathe freely. Mm. So I think that, as you said, the, 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 the measurement of how close to your own truth you are is, does it allow me to breathe? If it doesn't, that's not my truth. I need to find my truth in this. Right. And since you are a kind person, you know that you will find the right thing. You know that you, okay, so I need to shift my perspective. I need to change my behavior. I need to think differently. Whatever it is, yes. you know that it is within you and that you can control it. Yes. As long as the result of what you're doing is supposed to be more love. Hmm. And that doesn't always mean to go back in, a, in an abusive relationship to save the other one. Right. Maybe you've done all you can to save the other person and that person does not want to be saved by you. Right. And you know when the time is to say, no, I need to close that door. It's, that is what it is. Right. And forgive them from within. I mean, that doesn't mean that you close the door and when that person comes back and says, I am truly, truly illuminated now, I can see what I did and I, I, I regret it so much that yes. you can release them in the now moment, but you're not actively going to seek that with that person. Oh, that's so good. That is that's my, yes. And that's why I feel like when, especially when, when you do work like I do, I mean, I, I, I do spiritual work. I, <clears throat> I am illuminating my own reality and other people's reality. And when they ask me, well, so you didn't have a relationship with your father. How does that work mm -hmm. while being a spiritual teacher? And I go, it works perfectly well because on a spiritual level, I've forgiven him. Yes. But I don't need to do it in this setting because it is hurtful. There's lack of trust. Yes. And I cannot allow that back into my reality. That's, that's as simple as that. That's it. That's, yes, that's I, I, I never allow my, <laughs> I never allow myself to be shamed into something like that. A spiritual person is also a human being, and we are in a world of polarities, which means that there are still things that I need to explore in this world of polarities. Mm. So I can't allow. <laughs> A frequency which has been hurtful to come back to my reality and pull me back into a state of not knowing who I am. Right. No, no, it's, it, I feel like everyone, the forgiveness is not about doing it physically with the other person. Forgiveness is about doing it where you are with yes. yourself in the now moment. Yes, that's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. how it works. I, I tell um, on these men's retreats, I talk about legacy. And I said, every person's leaving a, a legacy, whether that legacy is good and, or whether that legacy 
is not good. And I, and I, what I define is not good and bad, right and wrong. What I say is a, le- a true legacy is the impact we make in the lives of others. So mm-hmm. it, we're all leaving a legacy in that regard, whether we're leaving a positive or negative impact in the lives of others, that will be our legacy. Yes. Yes. And I said, it's, com- it's made up of five components your primary relationship with your spouse or partner or, or self. If you're not in relationship with anyone else, then truly being in relationship with yourself, um, loving yourself. And, and if you are in relationship with another person, are you worthy of that person's love as opposed to mm-hmm. what are they doing? No, what are you doing? And then as a parent, mm-hmm. um, as a father, stewarding, and if they don't have children, stewarding the next generation. Are they going out... And if they don't have kids, are they helping the next generation be a healthy generation? Then working on their body, their mind, body, and soul. Their fourth is career, and it's always career as number four. I say, and a career must be a means to a greater end. And your end must be the legacy that you leave behind. Do you see your work as a means to make a greater impact in the world? It has to be that. And the last thing is friends your friends that you bring around you and friends I define as people who show you unconditional love, which become our family. We actually get to choose who fam- who family is to us. Yes. Yes. This is the yes. most empowering freeing that these men are like, and I say, are you worthy of someone calling you a family? Are you worthy of being called mm-hmm. friend? Are you, it's, it's, are you loving, giving, caring, mm-hmm. inspiring others to be their best version of themselves? This is legacy. And I think this concept of obligation and guilt and apart from unconditional love is where pe- I think the majority of the world is trapped under this yes. veil yes. and they don't know how to be free. That's why this message, that's why you and your content and even just getting to co-create with you and dance with you mm-hmm. in this podcast is so beautiful <laughs> because mm-hmm. this is helping people just these words and, mm-hmm. and it's okay wherever they're at to know in the now moment, they can choose something completely different. Completely. Absolutely. It's, I think that what we're talking about here in a broader perspective is to look at your life and figure out if you are living in a thought-based system or a love-based, a fear-based system or a love-based thought system. Mm. Because if you're living in a fear-based thought system, which both you and I were born into, that means that when you can dodge fear, you think that is happiness. So you go around and this, This leads you to interpret the outer reality as dangerous, as there is always some kind of danger. You do not trust the outer reality, so you stay within. You cannot share yourself with the outer reality. If you live, on the other hand, in a love-based thought system, you will know that everything is okay. You can make mistakes. Nobody's going to punish you for them. So you know that happiness is not dodging fear. Happiness is actually actively seeking out joy actively seeking out what makes you happy 
And when you come from an abused family, you don't know how to do that because you do not have the, the, the templates in your head. Right. You have not been brought up with that environment or you cannot, you cannot um, mimic that, in, that way of living because your parents didn't do so. Right. I mean, in school, they teach you that a fear-based perspective is the right perspective of reality, that you have to control everything, that there are mistakes to be made, and you should be punished if you make the mistakes. Right. But as long as you have a family which operates from a love-based thought system, you will be able to manage the outer reality later on, school and everything else, because you have that grounding, that, that base where you stand, and yes. that is love. Yes. So that is when you are a parent, when I became a parent, parent, <laughs> parent, <laughs> when I became a parent, <laughs> when I became a parent, <laughs> I realized that I must change my entire thought system. I need to connect my thoughts to my heart and ask myself, what is this? You, you were talking about the relationship the most important relationship well the most important relationship i have is with myself yes. because it's my thoughts i am yes. speaking to myself day in and day out and if i'm telling myself it's a dangerous world oh you dodged fear happiness is here then of course i'm not going to live the right way and of course i'm going to leave that to my children mm -hmm. that is going to be my impact on the world so I need to become very well aware of what is it? What kind of thought system am I in? Yes. It, does it allow me to breathe? If it doesn't, yes. I assure you, it's a fear-based thought system you're in. Most of us live in this fear-based thought system because everything out there is reminding us of the fears and dangers everywhere. Mm. And the truth is, that's not how this reality works. It you doesn't. That is so brilliant. The dodging fear is... Or seeking joy, yes. Yeah, it, or seeking joy and dodging the fear is not happening. Yes, in that parameter, the only happiness you find is not getting hit with that fear, but that's not happiness. Yes, I because happiness becomes, becomes the release from fear. Mm. that the release from fear is happiness but that that is not the truth not i mean the truth is when you right. It, that's right yes jesus said he because, said something he said unless yeah. you become like a little child you shall not enter the kingdom yes. of heaven and yes what that means in the pureness apart from fear children want to explore that we're yes. this whole system of striking children verbally physically when they're exploring mm is so egregious. I mean, not communicating, loving, holding, saying, was this loving? Like, where did this come from? How did, you know, what, what did you experience when you did? It's um, a whole system's fear-based. And you made me think of, I used to say, I would say the majority of humanity would say, if you ask them, are you a good person? I, 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 Bet most people would say yes. And then I ask, well, mm -hmm. what makes you good? Not hurting someone, not killing, not stealing, not, these are not, that's not being a good person. That's not doing bad. Doing good is loving and exploring and standing yes. and being yes. and yes. having compassion. And that's good. Yeah. Not doing bad is not 
the only part of yes, good. Exactly. Doing good exactly. is the part of good. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's why this shows me that the, that kind of person lives in a fear-based thought system. And mm. there's nothing wrong with people living that way. I mean, most of us do that. So it's just about recognizing it and shifting it, changing it. What happens when you're born into an abusive family or have some other things happening to you in, in, your, in your past that changes your way of trusting life? is that you stop being authentic because you are afraid to show your authentic self. So the first thing that happens is that you, you need to look for, am I authentic? Why am I not authentic? If I'm not, then why am I not authentic? Not give yourself guilt because, okay, so I'm a fake. That's not about that. It's not about being a fake. It's about not exploring who you are as a child because you are punished when you do so. And I, I have these three steps where you go through just realizing these three steps makes you come closer to who you truly are, your authentic self. And the first thing for me is stop comparing yourself to others. Yes. Now you might ask yourself, why are we comparing ourselves to others? Because your parents told you, well, be, that guy or that girl is a good girl or a good boy. Why yes. can't you be like them? Right. And then you go to school and they say, you have to be like everyone else. Otherwise, there's something wrong with you. So if you're not like them, you made a mistake or you don't have a value. You, you are only valued when you're compared to someone else. You have no value on your own. Right. That is not the truth. You are worthy of everything. The, the minute you start breathing, you are worthy, even before that. But in this world, if you start breathing, you are worthy of everything. So you don't need a validation from the outside. And yet, you are compared to everyone else. How do you compare people with each other when every single one, one of us is unique? It's impossible. You cannot compare anyone to anyone. It's just that, the way it is. And yet, we live in a society that compares everyone to everyone. So, of course... The first thing you need to do is stop comparing yourself. And then you have to step out of your comfort zone. Dare to make mistakes. That is what it is when you say step out of your comfort zone, because that is a cliche. I wonder even what is a comfort zone? There's nothing comfortable about it. Right. There's nothing right. comfortable about a comfort zone, zone because yeah, it, right. <laughs> yes, frustration zone more. Yes, right. Like, but anyways, we, we call it comfort zone. So you have to step out of your comfort zone. Why are we not stepping out of our comfort zone? Because we do not dare to make mistakes. Hmm. Every time you make a mistake in this world, you are punished in school when you make a mistake you're punished now i ask myself what is a mistake there are no mistakes mm. everything is feedback so if you live in a, a love based thought system they would teach you that everything is feedback so this wasn't so good let's do it in a different way the next time that allows you to explore things outside of your comfort zone Right. which means that you will learn new things about yourself and you will know who you are much easier. And the, the, the last thing is start being you. Follow your excitement. I mean, usually when you followed your excitement as a child and someone shamed you for it because it was different from everyone else, 
you were forced by that shame to conform and to comply to things that you might not have wanted. And that's when you start putting on masks. So the three things, it, it's really easy. Stop comparing yourself to others. Step out of your comfort zone because there are no mistakes, only mm-hmm. feedback. And the last thing is start being you. Follow your excitement regardless of what other, others say to you. So that's how you shift from being in a fear-based thought system into a love-based thought system and trust yourself all the time while you do it. I promise you, you will breathe. It will allow you to breathe that's so much. So that is so beautiful. You, that step two is being courageous. It takes, yes. it encourages acknowledging fear and doing it anyway. It's mm-hmm. not, and um, I heard, um, I went to this training. It was, um, it was beautiful. And this guy said, the United States, the highest honor that they can give a military member in the United States is the Congressional Medal of Honor. That medal yes. is for courage in the battlefield. It's not for fearlessness in the battlefield. He said, fearless people mm-hmm. are dangerous people. Those are sociopath. Those mm-hmm. are people that have no concept of, of what is presently mm-hmm. in front of them. But the courageous person says, there's a, here's the comfort zone. I'm going to step out. And in that courage, they find, this is why I define vulnerability as having the courage to experience love in its purest form. That love is on the other side of that comfort zone. Love is on the other yes. side of that barrier. And you and I talked one time that a dog that, or we are talking about untethered soul. Untethered soul talks about yes. um, the, the electric fence and the dog feels that shock and doesn't go, oh, it could go through that shock. It's not going to kill the dog, but the dog gets trained to, oh, there's a shock. But on the other side of that fake barrier, it's freedom. It's freedom. Yes, it is. (sighs) I mean, when you talk about courage, I was thinking about Forrest Gump. You know, when he ran back and forth in Vietnam, saving all these people. Yes. Because he didn't realize the, the danger in this. What he knew was that he needed to save people out of love. He needed to save, who was it? Baba. He Baba. wanted to yeah, save Baba. Baba. <laughs> yes. yeah, Baba. So the love for Baba made him run back and forth, back and forth, back and forth the way he did. Mm. And in our society, we would say, well, that's a crazy person. Well, actually, no, that's not a crazy person. Right. That's Mother Teresa. Because he is so focused on love. That is why this film is so um, amazing, because it's all about being focused on love. He never, ever loses that focus. Everything can happen around him, but he is always focused on love. I I love it. And and the courage to stay focused on the essential thing in this reality. That is the courage it takes. I mean, what if let's say that that you didn't you feel like you're not a courageous person because you've always been punished as a child or you 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 didn't have a great childhood or whatever it is and you feel like you're not a courageous person. You are actually a very courageous person because you're breathing and you're alive regardless mm-hmm. of what happened to you. That's right. That per definition, makes you a courageous person. Only your courage is not seen because it's done in 
the home in your heart every time you helped yourself out of misery every time you helped yourself out of emotional darkness as a child that is courageous that's so good so courage is a it shows you who you are courage right. shows you who you are always yes. who you truly are not who they've taught you to be who you truly are the urges you truly have in this reality that is what courage shows you so good oh courage mm. courage i um just got back um, a couple weeks ago from this this men's retreat another retreat and we had i had a 60 year old man in there i had um the youngest being early 30s and i had this los angeles police officer had mm -hmm. it up tough like really he's like some people don't even know i'm a police officer just the way he looks he's a, he's a tough guy um and it was beautiful i literally saw him look like a baby but i mean a brand new newborn baby by the end of this retreat he looked he was soft he was it was he was glowing and one of the things that was really transformative for him as I was teaching these guys, there's all this narrative and I'm reading some books right now that it just, it frustrates me, but it's not in frustration of anger. It's like, it makes me sad, this death of ego narrative. And there's so much of this death of ego. And I told these men, I said, if you hate your ego, that is like hating your foot or your arm. Your ego is you. It protected your innocence. It protected when was the last time you thanked your ego for keeping your soul intact, pure, and just loved it? And now you don't have to live under it anymore. You can, you can say to your innocent soul, okay, you can be back in this body. I have acknowledged that I am here talking about courage. I've, I've been courageous. I've come to this point to say, okay, I'm going to take my armor off because I don't need my armor. Someday I might need my armor again and put your armor back on. I told him it's not to get rid of it. You have it, but you don't need it right now. And your little boy, your innocence can come back into you. And it was so, talk about a holy moment just to see these men have their little, like get connected with that little boy, the innocence, the the explorer, the, the mm -hmm. laughter, the, just the beauty of their innocent self was so amazing to see. And when you're talking about being courageous, you're right. We're all, we're all courageous just because we're, we're still here every day. We're, we're, we're going, yes. but to expand that courageousness into un, mm. un, better territory or whatever i don't even know the term new territory that's yeah. where living really is it's in those mm. oh what other electric fence is there and i can cross that oh what other yeah. oh i can cross that i can cross all electric yeah. fences you know it's yes exactly that is what what living here means actually it means to be to dare to cross all these fences and walls and stuff that we have made in this reality you know something when you were talking about the the officer mm -hmm. um 
and him being uh, vulnerable and saying that, I mean, it takes courage to be vulnerable. Yes, it does. It does take courage to be vulnerable because if you want to be vulnerable in this reality, we have created a society which is based on fear. We cannot yes. deny this. It is based, our thought system is based on fear. So when you're in this reality and you need to think quickly, like an officer needs to do, how do you connect to that vulnerability? How do you give yourself time to be courageous enough to say, wait a minute, it might not be as I think it is right now, to not uh, act habitually to yes, things yes. to become more aware to start looking at them from different perspectives it, it stops you because everything in this reality it's supposed to be done fast and you need to evaluate things in a fast way specifically when you work for like a Not police officer you yes, need to right. think quickly and if you start thinking about what is it what am i doing why am i doing this it stops you so you need time and to give yourself time is a courageous thing in that environment. To give yourself time to think because you want to make the right action. You don't want to make a habitual action to a fear-based world. Right, right. And that's what I think that, that might be what his problem actually is. It's not about him not knowing what is right and what is wrong and him being ego. It's more about him allowing his soul through the, the, the filter of the ego to make the right decision in this reality. Yes, How do you know what's right decision if you're making it habitually? You're actually asleep when you make it habitually. Right. So becoming more courageous is about waking up. Waking up yes. Becoming more courageous is, is literally about waking up and seeing things as if they were for the first time. Right. And ask yourself, is this really true what I'm looking at right now? Right. You, that narrative is so prof profound. It was profound. When you talked about being in a dream or a nightmare, people are asleep and mm -hmm. some people choose to wake up in the nightmare and continue the nightmare. And some people wake up in a dream and continue the dream, but some people are asleep there's it's a really beautiful concept can you explain mm -hmm. that more I, you i've never forgotten that but mm -hmm. i don't know if i could articulate it as beautiful as as you can mm -hmm. but just being awake into the nightmare and yes and again to come back to this fear-based thought system i i look at my own past um i was always in fear because my life was so dependent on how my father felt mm. and how his moods were and how his day had been. So it was out of my control all the time. Mm. And since the way I see this reality, we are all dreaming this reality into being mm. by our imagination. And there is another tweet that I know that you, um, you, um, reacted to and it was about time because i write in this tweet that in every now moment you are creating your present with what you believe your past with what you remember and your future with what you imagine so now is your point of power and it's always now and if it if it is like that and i think it is then 
per definition, we are literally imagining this reality into being mm. by our thoughts, emotions, and actions. I am the imaginer imagining this world, and so are you, and we are the co-creators of this world. So we are all dreaming this world into being. Yes. Now, some of us choose to be in a nightmare when we enter this world because we choose spiritually to explore fear here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my father chose that. Yes. Yes. So he was always in a nightmare. And since I was dependent as a child on him, I was in his nightmare. Hmm. I couldn't dream my, I had my daydreams, but I was always pulled back, gravitationally pulled back into his nightmare. And yes. the minute I could release myself from that nightmare, I, I decided that I was going to dream a dream, not hmm. a nightmare. I wanted my life to become a dream and it is a dream now yes. because I control it the way I, I, I created the way I wanted, not what I don't want in my reality. I stand in a, in a place where I choose what I want is, instead of being focused on what I don't want. So the difference between living your dream or your nightmare is actually what kind of thoughts you're allowing to manifest through you into this reality what kind of emotions you're allowing to manifest through you in this reality, what kind of actions you're doing and spreading that in this reality. And that's the difference between the nightmare and the dream. Hmm. Some people never wake up from the nightmare. They're, they live their life in the nightmare and they die in it. And I could say that my father did that, even though there were so many opportunities for him to leave the nightmare. But the nightmare, in a way, became his his way of being in this reality. It's like a mind prison. You can't jump out of it. Mm -hmm. And in that nightmare, there is disbelief, distrust, um, uh, disbelief and distrust that everything is okay. That's mm -hmm. the basic basis of this. And that's why I say I can look at it and feel compassion for him. Mm -hmm. When I see what a nightmare he was in and in the end couldn't pick himself out of mm. so we call it mental illness maybe in our reality i i would say that it is um it is a nightmare that yeah. is being played in your mind and you can't jump out of it it is there and you think this is the real world the real reality that everyone is living in that nightmare when it right. is not that way so that's what I mean by talking about a nightmare and a daydream or a dream. Mm. As soon as you can breathe, as soon as you feel that you want to share love, you are tapped into a dream, your dream. Yes. As soon as you feel fear, as soon as you feel that you can't breathe, then you're tapped into someone's nightmare, which is you, not your true state of being. It is something that you're tapped into. You're, maybe it's a reaction to something that comes from the outside, and it pulls you into that nightmare. Right. So being aware of that can help you to go back to the state, which is your true state, the dream you're dreaming. Hmm. Maybe think of um, politics. I, I used to be addicted mm -hmm. to politics. I was a political junkie. And mm -hmm. I mean, any moment I was listening to the news. Mm -hmm. And that shaped my world that everything was so yes. intense and it was 
the final moment of life at all times and the world's coming to an end. And when I unplugged from that, what filled that space was peace. What filled that place Mm -hmm. was calmness and a stillness. And that has also given me awareness of what else do I need to unplug from there? There's a lot of things that I'm just plugged in automatically. And I actually, now that we're talking, I'm going to get out after this podcast, I'm really going to reflect what am I still plugged into that I don't need to be plugged into that I'm choosing to be plugged into. And I'm feeling that frequency and I don't want that frequency. I want peace. I want joy. I want love. I want, I want good in this world. I want to see good in this world. And I think there's some frequencies I'm still plugged into. I think the religious frequency, I think um, Mm -hmm. the job frequency, career frequency, the employment frequency, all these frequencies are like, I just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean I don't still vote or work or be, but I don't have to be plugged Mm -hmm. into the frequencies. Yes, absolutely. You know, something I was thinking about this when you said I reacted since um, English is not my first language, I react to the language in a different way. Mm. And you said that when I was plugged into the news or the politics, you said, and yes. it shaped my world. Yes. Listen to the words shaped. Literally, it shaped mm. your world because. That's what I'm saying when I say that we are dreaming this world into being. It's a lucid dream. Some things we are aware of that we're creating. Other things we are not aware of that we're creating. But it's still a dream. Something that is made through your imagination. So if you have something, some frequency that you're tapped into, let's say it is politics, of course it will shape your world. Mold it, shape it, create it. That is what it does. Which means that when you're tapped into that frequency, you are not tapped into your frequency, which means that you're creating a world that is not yours, but Mm. someone else's world. That's why you find yourself lost, because you have literally allowed it to be created through you, even though it's not your frequency. That is why you need to ask yourself, who am I? What is my frequency? What is it that I want to dream into being here? Also, I mean... And this is a very revolutionary thought, which I have been playing around in my head because I talk everywhere about leadership and and how we need good leaders. And it dawned upon me some years ago that when you know who you are, you do not need a leader. Mm, So knowing who you are makes all the leaders kind of not needed anymore. Because when you know who you are, you're operating from an awakened state of being and you know what is right and wrong because we all come from the same source. We really do. We come from unconditional love. That is our source. When you know you are, well, then of course you know what's right and wrong. You don't need anyone to tell you this. You know that. So when we know who we are, we don't need any leaders. We won't even need to, I mean, politics becomes nothing in that sense. Right. Because we know who we are. And that's a revolutionary thought. It's powerful. I affirm it. I support it. I love it. I agree (laughs) with it. (laughs) 
That is why, why is we are all revolution. You can be a revolutionary on this podcast. It's, it's beautiful. Yes. And this is, this is, this is why I feel, I mean, I, where is my book? Here it is. Know the truth by knowing who you are changes everything. Mm-hmm. It does change everything because when you know who you are, you do not need anyone else to tell you what's right and wrong because you will do it per definition. I'm not saying that people who say I know who I am actually do know who they are. When I say knowing who you are means to understand what your source is. Yes. And yes. that that source is always unconditional love. Now, how we choose to explore this world is different for each and every one of us. What differs me from you is my desires and your desires. And my ego is the container of those desires. Right. As long as I know that I am unconditional love, spirit, exploring this reality through this body, I can use my ego to explore things that I desire to explore. Yes, that is so good. Yes. Yes. But it has to come from an unconditionally loving source. Unless you know that, your ego becomes your driving force. And that will never create a great reality here. That creates fear and the need for leaders and the need for all these things that we have in this reality, politics and whatever. Right. So beautiful. So knowing who you are, knowing that you are unconditional love, that is your source, and that your desires here are held by your ego. That's a first step in changing the world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one of these days we're just going to hang out and just really love love this. I love you. You are, I, I share this with every single person that I talk about with you. I have done some powerful things that have transformed my life having you in my life has been as transformative as some of those really intense, like five day uh, emotional intelligence trainings. I am so thankful for you. And it is so wild how we even, how I even know you, how I'm even looking at you right now. It's so amazing. And so like, this is, you're such a gift. You're such a gift mm. to this world. You're such a gift to me. I'm so thankful for you. I just, mm. there's no, so, just know that. And I, I do, I do. I know it. I know it. We are spiritually connected and I truly, I'm, I know this. I, I can feel it. We have conscious conversations that are on a very high level and I feel the exchange of energy between us. So <clears throat> I totally, totally understand what you're saying. And I'm so grateful for having you in my reality. I'm actually very grateful for the technology, which is allowing yes. me yes. to have this conversation with you yes. because you're in the US and I'm in Sweden. We would never meet unless right. technology would allow this. Yes. So right. there are some good things with the technology. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> that's right. You know, oh. I, I wanted you I wanted you to think of a number and we'll play with my book just as an ending to this okay, conversation today. So okay. the num- the numbers are from one to two hundred and thirty-one. And give me a number and I'll read it for you. Okay, eighty-seven. That's the number. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Let's see if I can let's see now. Eighty-seven. Here we go. 
And there it's it's about change. Let's see here. I need to put on my glasses. Let's see here. Here we go. <clears throat> Truth thought number 87. Like martial arts, well, uh, one more time. Like martial arts masters, we need to dance with creation by allowing what we like and diverting what we don't like in the flow of constant change. <laughs> and it's and it's beautiful. It's, it's about, about what we have been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, it's here. We uh, I'll have to read the rest for you. Just a few more sentences. Please, in yeah, this. Yeah. So, in this way, change becomes not just a goal to reach, but a tool for you to use, so you can grow in your consciousness and see more facets of who you are. It becomes something you actually are in the present moment, not just something you plan for and make happen in the future. Instead of doing change, instead of doing change, becomes a natural state of being. And here are some simple things to follow if you want to create an atmosphere in which change is smoothly allowed without the friction of doubt and resistance. And that's true thought number eighty-eight because it goes together here. Know yourself, trust yourself, interact honestly with others, focus on the solutions, and always look for the best in others. Hmm. And this is a very easy way to start an avalanche of positive change without any effort. We have been talking about this to change from a fear-based thought system into a love-based thought system. It's about allowing that change and staying in that love frequency or compassionate frequency or knowing that you are the, the, the unconditional love incarnated in this reality. When you know that, all of these things just miraculously change. Awesome. What a beautiful, what a beautiful <laughs> number you chose. I love that. That's such a beautiful ending. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being you, Lucas. Thank you. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Gordana, for coming on. As you know, I love you. And your presence, your voice is only continuing to grow. And I'm honored to help in a small part bring your voice to the world. My friends, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this movement, the Golden Rule Revolution, treating people like people and nothing less. I have a challenge for you. I challenge you to use your voice in love, to use your voice in expressing that which you have gone through and tell yourself, what, what are you telling yourself? What default is your narrative saying? Are things hard? Do you use the word should or have to, or I have to do you know something, whatever, or is everything a get to? Is everything a gift? Are you grateful? Are you saying beautiful things about yourself, that you're lovely, you're lovable, you're, you're wonderful, you're powerful, you're, you're beautiful. Whatever it is that you're saying becomes your reality. So I encourage you and I challenge you to change what and how you speak of yourself and speak beautifully of yourself. Speak, speak blessings over your life, over your thoughts, over your body, over your being. And when you live in that, that's how you get to speak blessings in every person you come in contact with. So 
It's my challenge and my encouragement. I'm so honored and thankful that you listen. Happy 2020, the month of February. We're kicking it off with Gordana. Next week, I'm going to bring the very first Orthodox rabbi in history who has publicly come out about the sexual abuse he encountered. And it is such a powerful episode. I'm excited to bring that to you. We got a lot of great things coming. The Golden Rule Revolution. I'm honored that you listen. Please subscribe and download, share this podcast, share these episodes. You can find the content on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever there's podcast episodes, you can find this content. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. I am sharing specific content in those channels where you can engage and join the conversation. Also, if you're a man or you know a man who is looking to just break free from the chains that are holding him back, from the things that are holding him back, I host a men's retreat four times a year. The dates for the next two are posted. Only six men go through this retreat at a time. It is so powerful. You can look at the testimonials and hear from guys who have gone through. If you know someone or you are someone looking for freedom, sign up, apply today to be part of the Vulnerable Hero Men's Retreat and Legacy Experience because we are helping men redefine and recalibrate the legacy that they're gonna leave in this world. It's a beautiful thing. Join, sign up, follow. Thank you, my friends. I will talk to you next week.